0: Welcome back, everyone. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, it is studio at TV.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, And our website, where you can find out what we've done in the past, what we're doing today, what we intend on doing to, in the future, as well as listening to our archives, www xzone radio tv.com you know my next guest says you know what it's okay to die estate planning expert and author of the general's briefer is our guest this hour bob wolsey uh, death can be a lot easier on all that are involved only if you're prepared are you well my wife and i are it's a fact of life that we're all going to die at some point in fact The moment we are conceived is the moment we start to die. Now, while it's not something you'll probably want to think about, you can make things a lot easier on yourself and your family if you get everything in order now. Joining me to help us get a better understanding of what we should do and how it can better leave everyone after we all depart is Bob Woolsey, and he is a nationally known attorney former law school uh, scholar at the university of virginia law school former u.s army intelligence captain and briefing officer to the general staff at the pentagon he's an estate planning expert and he's also the top-selling author of husband in waiting and the general's briefer which he describes his life at the pentagon and joining me now is bob wolsey and bob welcome back to the x-zone
4: okay nice to be here
0: bob uh, you know how many people really have no concept of what they need to do, and in your opinion are ill prepared for that that day when we kick the bucket?
4: I think there are a lot of people that don't have any idea what what's going to happen in their money. Most people don't have enough money to worry about uh, any taxes or estate planning and um if you were in if you were in a bracket well. It used to be a, a, a little more lucrative for estate planning attorneys when the exemptions weren't as high. Right, right now, a married couple can have like um, $11 million in exemptions. So it means that there is not going to be any federal estate tax. There is, however, going to be a state. Estate tax usually it 's not going to be as, as bad. But um, most people don't have any idea of what... Um, what they can do, there are a lot of things that people can do who don't have uh, zillions of dollars. One is to uh, create a power of attorney. It's uh, it's a simple instrument. It takes, what, 20 minutes, and it just enables uh, you know, somebody, you appoint, maybe your wife or your child, to handle your financial matters. So if you uh, get into a coma or you're incapacitated for a while, they can withdraw money from your bank account and pay your bills, and do just about anything they they want. And then there's another thing called the living will, which uh, uh, doesn't take care of your financial matters, but it takes care of your physical matters. So if you're in a hospital, you want to decide, uh, it's hard to talk about, but you want to decide when you can pull the plug. And, um, you know, if you're in your 70s or your 80s, and you're in a coma, I mean, you don't want to, it's, the quality of life is not what it used to be. So you mm-hmm. have to sort of uh, realize that, uh, you know, if, if two doctors uh, testify under oath that uh, you're not going to recover, you want to have somebody who says, well, this guy's had, had a full life, and it's time we, we let him go. And uh, that's the purpose of a living will. So these two things, the uh, mm-hmm. power of returning living will, are two documents that I would recommend to everybody. A uh, will is, uh, it, it's important in one way. All right, it, we're uh, going to have
0: to have a little bit of a cliffhanger here because I do have to take my break. Please stand by, Bob. Sure. Exonation. Bob Woolsey is our special guest. And uh, we're talking to Bob about wills. We're talking to Bob about, you heard him talking about a, um, oh my gosh, a living will. His website, www, no, I'm sorry, his books are available at amazon.com, husband-waiting, and generals-briefer. Our guest says it's okay to die. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast network in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. You know, explanation, it's always a good idea to be prepared no matter what life throws at you. We need to be prepared. And, you know, as parents, I think one of our most important things that we have to do is take a look at our lives and say, all right, what do we want our family to do when we pass? Who does what when we're, um, do I want to be buried? Do I want to be cremated? Do I want to be buried with my wife? Do I want to be buried with my children? There are so many questions that we need to ask. And at the time when a family is at their most vulnerable, they're grieving for the loss of one of their family members, many times the, their grief is complicated because the family member who passed didn't have everything in order. There is no living will. There is no will. You know, nobody knows what the person wanted. And Bob, in my opinion, your job is a very important job because you help teach people how to put their final wishes in order.
4: Yeah, well, the word "final" is—I uh, mean, you can have a will when you're when you're 30 years old. Mm-hmm. It's good forever, and of course, things change. You know, you might. We have a child and things, but uh, usually when you're 50 or 55, you're, you're, your life is pretty well established. And uh, you can have a will. The, the important thing about a, a will, is, um, I used to tell my clients, is that uh, you can require that there be no bond uh, to be posted. If you don't have a will, you know, the, uh, the, the bonding companies like this, because they can, they can um, um, charge the estate, uh, a certain amount of money per year, and the only- thing that the bonding company has to worry about is that uh, uh, the uh the administrator who is uh fresh and appointed uh doesn't run away to Mexico with all the money well, It happens once in a zillion times but um uh, so that there's one thing you're gonna have you can you can uh, uh, assure that there's no bond that's posted, and the second thing is you can appoint your own executor you can just decide who's going to uh, uh, take care of your affairs after you're gone, and uh, the the will, as I said, is uh, is something that uh, is good until you tear it up or revoke it or you you have another will. But it's it's something that that lasts for for forever. But there are other things uh, that uh, besides the will that I mentioned uh, the power of attorney, which is a very important thing. Uh, you can you can make sure that there's somebody around in case you get into a a car mm-hmm. covers in place, and you get into an accident. You might be laid up, and you know f- for a long time. Nobody's around to to um, uh, handle your financial matters. And uh, what, one thing you do not want to have is anybody going to the courthouse to try to have have the the, uh, the legal authorities appoint somebody to take care of your own matters. So a power of attorney is a good idea, and a living will is also a good idea. You know, as I said, it tells tells people when. You can pull the plug, mm-hmm. and uh, you have com- control over your, uh, your uh, uh, well, your state of health.
0: What happens if somebody passes and there is no will?
4: If there's no will, then you go into something called administration. Uh, you uh, go, go down to the uh, surrogate's court, I guess it's the same thing in Canada, mm-hmm. and uh, you present the uh, death certificate, and you say, "I um, well, usually if it's the spouse or... Uh, one of the, uh, the, the children, and they say, "Yeah, we have a father." I'm I'm saying father to be mother. Sure. <laughs> so we have a father here. And he he died. in the didn't leave a will. What do I do? So they'll say, "Well, does anybody here want to be an administrator?" And the, the wife will say, "Yeah, I'll I'll be an administrator." So she so she signs the document. That way, well, she's an administrator. She has to pay a bond to the bonding company. I don't know a couple hundred bucks a year. And uh, she's uh, issued what they call letters of administration. And she can uh, act just as an executor does. She doesn't have to have any supervision. It's just that she's not uh, appointed by you. And uh, if if the whole family agrees that the spouse, uh, the executor, that's fine. Sometimes there's a a little friction there. If there is no spouse, maybe you have two brothers uh, two sisters, you now three people. There can only be one administrator appointed, so it might, might cause more problems than uh, you you would otherwise. If you have three kids and and they're all in their thirties, let's say, and they all want to be administrator, then you have a, a family problem, which could easily have been avoided if you'd ha- had a small one page will mm-hmm. that, that appoints one of them as, as uh, executor.
0: Does the bill, does the will, in order to be a legal document, does it have to be filed in the court?
4: No. Uh, people have a, um, uh, sometimes they say you, you file a will, mm-hmm. but a will is only effective when, when at the date of death. So if you file a will in the court, say January 1st, 2016, and you decide, I don't like this will on February 1st, 2016, you, you write up another will so I revoke all, all of the wills, and that that will you filed in most jurisdictions, I would believe is no good it 's filed, but it, it doesn 't make any difference because you 've already made another will so we re- hereby you know right. legal ease, revoking all other wills and codicils heretofore by me made, so that will you filed is, is null and void, so you've got this new will that comes in, so filing um. I, I I don't see any advantage to it. it, it since you can change a will, and a will's uh, only effective the day of death. Right. I I don't see why why people file it.
0: But if somebody was to write up a will, put it in a tin can or where they keep their valuables at home, at the time of passing, somebody finds that will. They look at it and they say, Well, no, there's got to be another will after this. I know there was. He was talking or she was talking to me about it. How does that person stop the will that has been found from being? Well, the...
4: you, you uh, give a reasonable period of time. Let's say thirty days or mm-hmm. sixty days. I guess the surrogate or the the judge in charge of it says, "All right, we're we'll going to sixty days to try to find that will. If not, this is the only will we've got." And I don't care if he if he said he, he wrote a will, uh, unless you can find a written piece of paper, this is the will we've got. Mm-hmm. That we're going to have to deal with this, and so you 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 uh, probate that will, and uh, then the executor takes over, and then the the, the the search for will number one, or the, the will that's uh, supposedly out there somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, is abandoned, and you've got this other will to to think about. But you've uh, you've only got one. The, the will that's in writing is the will that counts, and that's the one. Uh, that's uh, going, to be, going to be probated, and uh, there's one other thing that, that that they've had in the last 20 years or 30 years. It's called a self-proving will. I mean, if you make a will when you're 50 years old and, or 60, and you've got witnesses, and um, they move out to, to to Colorado or Florida somewhere, mm-hmm. you can't find them. So if you have a self-proving will, these witnesses swear, well for not Republic that you sign the will. And the will is self-proving, because all you have to do, you don't have to go down to the courthouse with your witnesses. All you do is you go down there with the death certificate and a few dollars to pay for the administration fee, and uh, the will proves it itself. Hmm. And uh, that, that's why I always recommend uh, what they call a self-proving will. I think most states uh, or most jurisdictions have it now.
0: In in order for the will to be illegal, does it have to be uh, witnessed?
4: yes there are, uh there there's a uniform will act. There used to be a long long time ago that some states required i think Connecticut might have required three witnesses mm-hmm. but I think now if you've got two witnesses who uh sign the will, you sign it before them. Here's where you have the you know the law school problem who's got to be in the room who's in the outside but if the the, the rule of thumb is that if the the executive the person who's going to die signs the will. In front of two people, and they they say I swear the man signed it in front of us, and I I, I witnessed it in front of witness number two, and witness number two signs it, and says, I witnessed him sign. I witnessed the uh, testator signing it, and I witnessed the other witness. That's a good will. I mean, that, that that's a will that that's fine. It's just that it's not self-proving.
0: Sure.
4: It's self-proving means that they, the witnesses, again, You have to, uh, the, the legal system is a, a strange creature. The witnesses sign, you sign, then the witnesses sign. Then, then you go around where you say that uh, I swear that I saw this person sign. So you've got this under oath. So you've got the two people who are the witnesses who sign under oath that they saw this test day or, or testing strict time and then that's what that, that's ironbound. That, that means you can t- take this into any court, and you don't have to worry about locating with the witnesses. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you can't even read what their signature was. Hmm. But if you uh, if you if you take this down uh, after the person died to the courthouse with the with the death certificate and the uh, the fee for letters testamentary, um, that that should 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 do it.
0: Years ago, video wills were very popular. How legal is a video will?
4: I have never, in my well, for a long time, I've never seen a video a video will probated. I I think, well, courts are very very slow to change. I don't know how you'd go about proving a video will. Mm. I, I don't think that there's any statute that, that, that uh, it also depends upon the jurisdiction. Maybe out in California somewhere they have a, a law that says if you've got a video well, and you've got these two witnesses who appear on, well, in the old days usually VHSs, but now it's uh, on a, a DVD. Maybe they, they've changed. Maybe, maybe uh, uh, you can have a, a video will. That I, I, as I, as I said, yeah. I've, I've never seen it used, and uh, I don't know what the the, the the courts are slow to change. I mean, they, they still have the, the courts. They'll realize that you can put, uh, you know, ten thousand pages of di- of testimony on a, on a disc. You know, so you go down to the appellate division of any courthouse, and you'll see these guys carting around, you know, uh, t- twenty copies of a test. Of a, a trial uh, uh, testimony, on a, a big cart, and she must weigh five hundred pounds, whereas you can get this whole thing on, a, you know, on a dish sure. somewhere. So I don't know about that. I don't. I have never seen a a, a video. will I don't know how they would probate yeah. it. Uh, maybe they would transcribe it.
0: Like I said, uh, they were really popular five, six, seven years ago. But ever since then, I, I really haven't heard of any, or any companies that were doing it. Stand by, you and I have to take a break, Bob. Exxon Nation. Bob Woolsey's is our special guest. He's a nationally known attorney, fluent in Italian and German, former law scholar at the University of Virginia Law School, former U.S. Army intelligence captain, and we're going to be speaking to Bob about his stint as a U.S. Army intelligence captain on the other side of this break. And if you'd like to uh, find out more about Bob, if You'd like to get a copy of his book, the book we're talking about right now, www.amazon.com forward slash husband dash waiting. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and I have a very simple question for you people out there in Radioland. How would you like to be part of UFO history? No, I'm not kidding. I'm very serious. If you do, all you need to do is go to wwwcubesat for dot com. That's www.cubesatfordisclosure.com. In the summer of 2017, a rocket is going to be launching a satellite into a close Earth orbit, and the mission of that satellite, by the way, whose name is Disclosure, is to look for UFOs in low Earth orbit. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the exome from our broadcast center. In beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Did
3: you like. know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live.
0: Bob Wolsey is our special guest this hour. Very interesting. It's a topic that people do not like to talk about, and yet in my opinion, it is one of the most important things that every family should have, and that is a will. The directions, the last will and testament of you before hopefully before you pass, you do this. You protect your it's it's a way of protecting your family. It's a way of protecting your last requests. Because once you're not here, you can't talk for yourself. And then we talked about a living will. We talked about probate. And, and Bob, what happens if somebody wants to disagree about what's in the, in the will? And they say, you know, I'd like to contest this. How does the court uh, take a look at what the person is wanting to contest? And who makes the final decision as to the res- resolution of the, of the will once it's being contested?
4: Well, uh, often in a will, you've got what's called an terrorum clause. Means that if anybody wants to contest this will, they don't get anything. Hmm. Well, that, that's why, uh, it's, if you don't get anything under the will, you've really got nothing to lose. But if uh, if you're a, a child and, say, you don't get along with your, your dad or your mother too well, uh, it, it's always wise, in my opinion, to, to leave them something, because if you leave them... Say so you, so you've got a, a, pretty good, a pretty healthy estate. If you leave him $100,000, which is you know, a pretty good That's amount. It's pretty good, yeah. He, he's got it in the back of his mind or her mind. He's got to say, well, if I contest this rule well, and I lose, I lose that $100,000. Ah. So there's no reason, you know, there's a reason why I shouldn't contest this. Because I'm, I'm, if, I, if I lose, I lose $100,000. Or if you don't lose, if you don't mention it at all, if you cut, if you, if you cut out with, mm-hmm. with a buck, sure you're going in and you can you can contest the will uh c- contesting a will is uh, usually pretty fruitless it's just that it causes aggravation to the people who were who want to get the whole thing over with so if if you if people go in and they contest and we've had we've had a couple of those and uh, what we winded, uh, wound up doing was settling you know you know, got the three kids and the guy who's he's married And uh, the wife dies, and he marries somebody who's, you know, a good-looking woman, and she's in her 30s, and he leaves everything to her. So the three kids, uh, well, say they don't receive anything. They go in, and they they contest the will. They file objections to it. And they, uh, uh, normally with with, with the person, if, if there's enough money involved, the beneficiary will say, well, look, I don't want to go through this hassle. What do they want? And uh, the attorney on the other side who's probably set up getting his fee by way of contingency, say um, a third. So he, uh, he, he gets these kids $100,000 apiece. We're talking about a pretty hefty estate here. So he gets them $100,000 apiece, and out of that he makes a third, let's say $33,000 each one. They get some money, uh, the beneficiary who's his younger woman who's probably going to go out in the next week or so and find somebody else, she goes out and she... But um, the, the whole thing is taken care of. Um, uh, the, the objections were drawn, the will was probated, and everybody lives happily ever after.
0: But it's what about the cases where, where we've heard about in the media where a person has died, left all the estate to an animal, and leaving nothing to the humans?
4: Yeah, well, you have... Uh, in that case, what the court would do is you, you can't leave it because it's not because the, the the poor animal is an animal, the animal cannot think, and you got to leave the leave the money to a rational being. So what the the court will do is they'll they'll, they'll set up a trust. Mm-hmm. So we so say uh, we're going to call this the Fido Trust, and uh, there you've got a, a the court will appoint a trustee who's a. Who's a Probably a lawyer, and he says, and these get authority to act on on this trust. So the uh, say and say it's a million dollars, for the guy's the guy's doggy. So he, uh, he this is left to the trust, the Fido Trust, and it's administered. And then the guy goes out, he buys dog food, and uh, usually in a trust, it's I leave the money to my dog. After my dog passes, the money goes to some goes to a charity, something like that. Um, and uh, so the the the, the, uh, the dog the, the dog or the pet would not get anything. Right. However, the trustee would make sure that the, uh, the the dog was taken care of, was fed, and uh, you know got a fairly decent home. But you cannot leave money to an animal as such, not because it's an animal, but because it is not rational. Gotcha. You can't, you can't you can't think for itself.
0: All right, Exxon Nation. All this information and much more is available in Bob's book, entitled "Husband in Waiting," and it's available at Amazon.com forward slash Husband Dash Waiting. Now, Bob, I'd like to to take you back in time to the time when you were a U.S. Army intelligence captain and briefing officer to the general staff at the Pentagon, and and you talk about this in your other book. The general's briefer. Tell us about that.
4: Yeah, that's my latest book. That's a, a, sort of a mini autobiography. Mm-hmm. I spent two years at the Pentagon, a long, long time wow. ago, and uh, I was a terrible soldier. I had to go through. I tell this all in the book, <laughs> and it's pretty funny. And I, you know, I couldn't shoot a target, or climb a rope, or swim <laughs> underwater, and around, I mean, I was a terrible soldier. But fortunately, I got I got appointed at the end uh, to. to, to To serve as a briefing officer to uh, the head of Army Intelligence at the Pentagon, it was just a stroke of luck. The only bad thing about it was I had to go and get in very early in the morning because we had to have a briefing ready for him at uh, 7:15 (coughs) to be presented at 7:30. Mm -hmm. But uh, that was an easy—I mean, aside from the hours, I had you know the alarm set at four o'clock. One thirty every morning, I'd go in and I'd park the car, I'd, I'd give the, the briefing to a fellow named General McChristian who was the head of Army Intelligence, then I'd give it to the head of uh, operations, who was a three-star general, at uh, 8 o'clock, and by that time, uh, the day, for all practical purposes, was over. We came back, we talked to the colonel, who was in charge of the outfit, tell him, what, you mm-hmm. know, briefing went well, no questions. And uh, it was, uh, you know, the, the two years that I had, the Army's very good on, on vacation, so I had uh, two years, eight weeks vacation, so uh, the, the Army's pretty good on that, and I uh, uh, that's the, the, the book that I, I'm, I'm the, the proudest of. The Husband Way was a, a book that I wrote a long time ago, it's, it's pure fantasy. But this general's reefer is, is is a funny funny book. It's about uh, people that I met at the uh, at, at, at while I was in the army and mm-hmm. other things that that uh, you know have nothing to do with really the boring day to day Pentagon matter Because the, the briefing usually started off with you know certain elements of uh, the North Vietnamese army were located somewhere, and uh, this is enough to you know every day is the same thing. And every so often you'd have, a, you know, an interesting thing, like there was a war in Czechoslovakia, and that was interesting for, for a while, and then we had a, a war in South uh, in Central America. But uh, it's, um, um, I don't know, I, I tell about some interesting characters that I met there. And I was even good enough, the general liked me, I was, I was even good enough to get myself an, uh, a, a medal at the end of my, my army, my three-year Service at the Pentagon and uh, I, I really I like the book and I I think that it's uh, I think that the public will like it, but uh, it, it 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 takes place in a period that's very similar to the one we have now. You know, we had two in those days we had two unpopular presidential candidates. Uh, we have we were involved in the the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Nobody you know nobody. Knew who we were fighting. We knew that the Israelis were, were sort of good guys, but uh, we had allies there that uh, hated the Israelis. We had the Saudis who were our allies, or I would say should say partners, and because uh, Afghanistan hadn't hadn't come into the picture yet, but the, the Middle East was still was still uh, a problem, and uh you know we, as always, we would dislike every just about everywhere. And uh, we—I we, uh, um, uh, don't know—I managed to, to, to get through it with uh, not too much difficulty. And uh, the army—they uh, gave you free flights to Europe, right? Uh, because of the, you know it wasn't on—it wasn't on the, uh, first class with uh, the two-inch cocktails, but it was a cargo plane to cut you there, and uh, you could. Um, in those days, the dollar was a lot more strong than it is now. And so you'd go over there, and you could uh, take a, a, a train ride down to Spain, mm-hmm. and uh, you know use a lot of your vacation time, not having to pay for any of the transportation.
0: Looking at the world today, having been in the in the Pentagon, having been working with Army intelligence, what do you what do you make of the world? You mentioned North Korea. Look what's happening now, in North Korea. You mentioned at yeah, least
4: well, the North Koreans. Are, I mean, there's a lot of bluster there, but uh, one consolation we can take is that it's the North Koreans are are ruled by uh, by somebody who's I, I think he's crazy. I, I just don't. He's, he's someone that you know. What he claim he got 99 percent of the vote or something like that. But North Korea doesn't pose that much of a danger because I don't think that, that they have the, the the weaponry that we have to fear. Uh, and um, you know, I think that everybody in North Korea would probably be starving to death, wasn't for the fact that the Chinese were sending them food all the time. And so they do exist, but uh, mm-hmm. the North Koreans, I would classify as a, you know, something to you. It's a sort of a worry, but not not to, not too serious. The serious problems, of course, are in the Middle East. So you've got. Um, places like, like Iran, and, uh, and you've got ISIS, which is all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, as simple as it used to be. Uh, it was fine for the, for the, uh, the army and the navy uh, in, in, you know, 40, 50 years ago to to, uh, to draw the lines. You knew where the enemy was, and you'd go across the Rhyme River. You've got your tanks, and you, you have the object of the uh, the uh, army or the Navy was to to, to to go in, locate the enemy, and destroy him. We did that very successfully in World War II. We didn't do it successfully in Vietnam. And uh, the Middle East is, uh, well, when we had a war, we had a war in Iraq, uh, you know, 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, and that war in, in terms of uh, a, Defeating the enemy was, was a complete success. I mean, we overran the Iraqis in a matter of weeks. Mm-hmm. Of course, we had the political problems that ensued after that. We didn't realize that the Iraqis, the Iraqi government that came in, would be very friendly with the Iranian government, and um, you know the the, the, the Iraqi government <laughs> quietly told us to get out. And so, uh, because they were they are Shiites. And they are in the middle of a bunch of uh, uh, Muslims called Sunnis. Right. So the only the only Shiites are around are in Iraq and in Iran. So the uh, the Iraqis and the Iranians, despite the fact they had a war about twenty years ago, are uh, religiously affiliated, uh, and uh, this doesn't you know, doesn't sit too well with us because. We're not too friendly. You know, we shouldn't be too friendly with people who are uh, buddies with the people that we've been at war with for the last uh, 40 years.
0: All right, Bob, please stand by. We've got to take our final break for this hour. ExoNation, Bob Woolsey is our special guest. Amazon.com forward slash generals dash briefer. Here's the book we're talking about this half of the show. I'll be back on the other side with Bob Woolsey. Don't go away. So nation Bob Woolsey is our special guest of this hour. In the first part of the show, we were talking about wills. We were talking about power of attorneys. We were talking about probate. Bob is a nationally known attorney. He is fluent in Italian and German, former law scholar at University of Virginia Law School. Uh, he is an estate planning expert, and he is also a former Army intelligence captain and briefing officer to the general staff at the Pentagon. Uh, Bob... I'm, I'm sure intelligence operations and intelligence surveillance certainly has changed with all the technological uh, advances that have happened over the last uh, fifteen, twenty years. How did how how different is intelligence gathering compared to what it was five, six, seven years ago, with all the the drones, the satellite surveillance, and you know the the war against ISIS.
4: Well, we've had the uh, ice is something new, but uh, we've always had the uh, uh, the satellite surveillance. Hmm. We we had the we even when, even when I was there, we had great satellite surveillance. We could uh, spot a football um, at uh, say twenty miles up in the air. Hmm. All the, all the satellite surveillance didn't do us much good in Vietnam because of all the foliage. But uh, we had our moles. We had I didn't know who they were, but there were people at the Kremlin. Uh, that uh, uh, for money would give us information about what was going on in Eastern Europe. They let us down quite a bit when uh, the Soviet Union and their allies invaded Czechoslovakia, but we had those. And uh, we had um, radio intercepts. That was a good, a good piece of our information. So we had um, satellite photography and we had uh, uh, intercepts, radio intercepts, and we had people on the ground who were working to to uh, to feed us information, and we got a lot a lot of intelligence uh, from from the Israelis. The Israelis had a very good intelligence uh, organization, uh, and they knew just just about yeah. everything you know, everything was going on in the Middle East.
0: That's the Mossad, right?
4: uh pardon me.
0: The Mossad?
4: Oh uh, yes, Mossad. Yes, right. they they had. Um, Uh, a a great organization, because they were working for survival. We had a a good intelligence organization, Mm -hmm. and we had a lot of, um, as I said, we had the satellites going around, taking pictures of all the um, um, the troop movements. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had, uh, well, we had things of, (coughs) say, for example, the, uh, the 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 uh, most class of, uh, I, uh, of the uh, documents was or, or intelligence was <coughs> oh, pardon cool. uh top secret umbra, which meant that it was radio intercept, and radio intercepts were a specialized form of intelligence, and it wasn't a James Bond type of thing where you know he goes in and he gets the microphone from somewhere and he uh, uh, get, gets it to his in, intelligence chief. These were actually inter, intercepts between um, forces or uh, p- people uh, in, in the military in different countries. It was a very valuable way of getting intelligence. So we had this uh, um, thing called top secret Umbra, which is the highest form of intelligence. And uh, I, I don't know if it, in, intelligence really hasn't... The incredible amount of uh, technology that uh, we've had in the last 10, 12 years, I, I, I have no idea what we have. I, I think that our intelligence is probably incredibly good. Um, and uh, maybe it's, when I was there, it was in a rudimentary form, mm-hmm. and now we probably know an awful lot more about what was going on than we did, we did then. But uh, you know, we had um, you know th- things probably don't change. I'm sure that there's a general there that wants his briefing every morning, and uh, there are there there officers there that give it to him, and um, uh, the people of the Pentagon are you know still the, the, the same way. The only difference in the Pentagon, and I w- would say this: when I was there, it was an open builder. anybody could get into the Pentagon. I visited Pentagon a few years ago, and it was like trying to get into a, uh, uh, a, a, a into a, a secret organization because you, you you couldn't walk in. You had to get be part of a tour, and it was off limits, and you and you had to have a special pass. When I was there, it was just um, you know, like any other office building.
0: That brings up a point. You know, we're talking pre nine eleven. Do you think the intelligence communities dropped the ball on the attacks on the twin towers and the Pentagon and uh, the plane that was downed in Shanksville?
4: Well, I'm not too sure. Too sure. Drop, drop the ball is uh, is, is too accurate. But uh, after nine eleven, this country was so incensed. Mm-hmm. We just think that you know, um, nineteen guys or twenty five guys were able to. Um, to demolish to the, the Twin towers in New York City and to, to crash a plane to the Pentagon and to um, be responsible for an airline crash in somewhere in Pennsylvania uh, but uh, we had a, it this country was was so incensed at that that we decided to well we, we've got to get back on somebody sure and so uh, we um, we decided to um, evade, invade Iraq. Uh, I don't know why, because the wreck had nothing to do with with the nine eleven. We did try we did, we did ask for uh the, the Afghanistanis or the Afghans to uh, to uh, give us inside uh, Osama bin Laden. Um they said no. And uh, so we invaded Afghanistan as well. By that time uh Osama bin Laden had gone someplace else, Pakistan I guess. But um we we uh, uh, the, the Americans aren't Aren't really equipped to have any sort of long-term commitment for, to, to, for revenge. We had 9/11, and uh, the, the Bush administration managed to to, to wipe out these, the Iraqi government in a matter of weeks. And um, we uh, it took us a while, but we finally did get Osama bin Laden. But um, the the, the the difficulty sometimes with the Americans is that they're not willing to, um, to to have a long-term commitment. They would like to see ISIS eliminated in the next 20 days, but it's not going to happen. And I think it might, it might be a long time. It might be 15 years before we get, get rid of those guys over there. And um, at this time, at least we know that the, the world is with us. I think that uh, uh, everybody... Just about everybody, except uh, a, a few um, mm-hmm. uh, radical uh, Muslims out there, uh, are out. See that ISIS is is a, is a problem in uh, world stability, and uh, I think that if we, if we can um, uh, somehow we're not going to get them by 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 bombing them because we don't know where they are, and uh, it, it seems that like the long the longer we stay over there, the the, the more converts they get. It's gonna be a very difficult problem, and uh, but I, we'll, we'll solve it. But, but it's gonna take, it's gonna take a little while, and the American public has to be patient as to how we go about destroying this um, the menace of ISIS or ISIL. I don't know what the difference is. Uh,
0: you know, our time is nearly up, Bob, and and I can't thank you enough. Number one for coming on the show and talking to us about wills, talking to us about your book that we've been talking about this hour the General's Briefer, but I'd also like to thank you for your service to your country and to making the world a safer place.
4: Thank you so much.
0: Now, um, what are your final thoughts for the Exxon Nation tonight, Bob?
4: The, the final thoughts for... I didn't hear it. Before.
0: For our listeners, whether you want Oh,
4: to... um, um, I don't... Well, this is... Uh, I don't know if I'm speaking to a Canadian audience or an American audience. You're, you're, ta- I, you're I talking
0: to an international audience.
4: <laughs> an international one uh I, I think that um, um it, a lot is going to depend upon what's going to happen here in the united states in the mm-hmm. next month um i think within an hour there's going to be some other debate here between the, the vice president yep. and the candidates. but um you know, i i i think that um i we'll we'll get through it it's uh, i think that i i've always been an optimist and i, I think that uh, um the uh, um the, the situation isn't going to change all that much, even if uh, there's a certain candidate get, I don't like to get political, but if, if, sure. if a certain candidate does get in, I, 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 we'll survive. There's not going to be any, any, any um, uh, huge change in, in, in world affairs. I think that um, um, <clears throat> a lot of people are getting a little worried about uh, you know certain individuals getting into power but i i, I have a, a, a great faith in uh the the, uh, uh the the spirit of the american people and the spirit of well canadian and american and just in the, all the western governments and I, I think that the, um we, we're not going to be uh we're not going to be in, a, in an impossible situation. I think that um, um, we'll 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 get by. I, I, there's, there's nothing nothing more that I can say, and that you know, I can't express any sort of doom prophecies. Well, that's good. No that matter what happens, we'll be okay.
0: Bob, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Take care of yourself, and I look forward to the next time you join us back here in the Exxon. Until then, be safe, and thank you once again for your service, sir.
4: Thank you so much. Goodbye.
0: Bye bye. ExoNation Bob Woolsey was our guest of this hour. www.amazon.com forward slash generals dash briefer is the book uh, for is the link for the generals briefer and for husband and waiting it's amazon.com forward slash husband dash waiting. Well, that's it for tonight. I'll be back tomorrow night at 11 o'clock as once again we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. So until tomorrow night, my friends, as I keep on reminding you, if there's some way you can help someone to make their day a little brighter, make their life a little better, let's do that because we are a brother's keeper. And always remember to keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night, everyone.